say goodbye to me tonight There will still be music left to write Oh my god, I can't sing Your post wasn't boosted. Of course my post wasn't boosted at Facebook because I don't want to pay your advertising prices. Is that so hard to understand? I'm sorry, it's frustrating. We were already started and this is this is one of the things. If you're a small business on Facebook, you, you're constantly just fighting this battle. Either way, sub kids, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I've slept. Well, I've slept, which is always a bonus. Uh, but no, I slept about 12 hours last night. Something ridiculous. And it was unbroken. I did, of course, do the thing where I wake up in the middle of the night, get dressed, and then go back to bed. But that's a whole other podcast. That's a whole other discussion. Uh, but what well, we thought today, uh, I, I want to discuss discuss something which kind of kind of came out recent events of uh, things which I done. So you may notice that this podcast, but once again, is late, and the reason why it's late will become clear in about two seconds. I made a calendar, and that calendar is available for pre-order, and the work I've put into that calendar is taken away from the work I've done for the podcast, and because of, you know, full-time job and all that kind of thing. Um, So, I'm kind of in a situation where releasing this calendar, available for pre-order, yelling at concrete.bigcartel.com, link in bio. But what, you know, when you make a piece of work, this, yeah, you know, the the worst segue ever. So when you make a piece of work, you obviously, you sit and consider that piece of work. This is the third calendar which I have made in the series of calendars. This is the 2019 calendar, which means I started doing this in 2017. I didn't start doing this in 2017. I did start a podcast. Okay, that's that's a bad example. I started doing art a long time ago, but I started making these calendars in 2017. And they were a reaction. They were a reaction to my, my social situation and my life and the people around me and... Initially, I wasn't going to give it to everybody. I was just going to make it for myself. And then a few friends asked what I was doing, and I, I said, you know, I'm making this calendar. If you don't know, the calendar I make is... Uh, I don't think I have an example kicking about here. No, I do not. Okay, so the calendar I make is full of images of animals. And it's kind of a reaction as well to the world at large. And these calendars which you buy every single year um, with cute animals on them and motivational phrases, and all the things which are pretty and nice within the world, and you slap them on a calendar and go, I'm going to look at that every single month, and I'm going to feel better about the month I've just had. Now, I don't find that motivational, in the same way that when people give me a compliment, I find it very hard to take that compliment. So, I needed something for me. I needed something which would actually speak to me as a person. So, I made this calendar. And these animals in my calendar aren't particularly happy. They don't look desperate, they don't look sad, but they look a bit meh. There's a sense of ennui to the whole situation. And then I couple that with phrases, um, which... This is what I'm getting to. So I couple it with phrases which I find motivational, but other people don't necessarily find motivational. A couple of examples I can give you, I'm just going to look one up right now, from previous calendars. This is uh, This comes from last year's calendar. Um, so in May, I had a picture of a giraffe, and the giraffe was on their phone at night, and it was 5am, and doesn't look particularly well rested, and the, the, the tagline 
for May was Today is Already Ruined. The tagline for March was You aren't paid to have dreams. And it features a ram working in a coffee shop. The tagline for February was February, you are replaceable. So you see, a lot of what I did was kind of and what I do. The, this, the new calendar is much along the same lines. It's a little more... I wouldn't say a little more tongue-in-cheek. Um, it's a little more personable. Personable. I've tried to go down less more less of a corporate slogan line to more of a uh, colloquial phrase. But at the same time, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you an example. I'll give you a sneak peek for listening to this to this podcast. Okay, so one of the months. So January, we'll go January. We'll go straight for January. You won't be able to see it, but it's popping up on the screen. So no, January's too good. See, this is this is the fine line. This is why I mentioned Facebook at the beginning. This is the fine line I'm walking to figure out how much to reveal to you and how much to keep from you. Okay, we'll go July. So July, July slogan was a uh, success. It's not really for you, is it? Now, I know what you may be thinking. You may be thinking, Graham, why would you ever want any of these on these calendars? Why would anyone want to buy a calendar which essentially just insults them month by month, coupled with a depressed-looking animal? Why would I want to do that? One, I'm a glutton for punishment. Okay. <laughs> I kind of hate myself, and that's good. That's good for me. Not good for everybody. Some people can't handle that. I kind of hate myself, and that motivates me. So, when I read each one of these months, I get a sense of motivation. I read it and I go, well, fuck you, calendar. You know, here's all the things I did this month. Here's all, you know, you can see the things I've done this month because I've used the calendar. I've written on the calendar to say the things which I've done. So there's a, there's a sense of resistance to it. And it reminds me, it, it keeps me humble in a way. And it reminds me that not everyone's doing as well. And it also keeps me humble to the sense of, you know, if I do have a month where I don't do much, the calendar reminds me of that, and and we roll on. But, why do I mention this? Well, one, to promote it and make you buy my calendar. Yeah, that, you know, that's pretty obvious. But two, it, it raises a, a critical subject, which comes into my work surprisingly a lot. And what essentially what I was doing, I was, I was considering these things and considering these slogans. When I write these slogans, I have to be very careful. Because I don't want to be construed as uh, promoting depression or um, motivating someone to do something drastic, essentially. I mean, uh, there was someone mentioned to me, who was it? I can't remember who it was, but I was discussing the calendar with them and they wanted to suggest a line and they said, oh, you failed, why don't you just kill yourself? And I, that's not right, that doesn't suit the calendar. And why doesn't this suit the calendar? It doesn't suit the calendar because, one, it's not funny. It's basically just an instruction. Two, it doesn't really fit the calendar's kind of tongue-in-cheek mentality. And three, it might motivate someone to do something drastic. It would be like having a person in your room which was basically just telling you to hurt yourself every single day. And that's not what this is for. But at the same time, I understand that not a lot of people will appreciate 
this because it's not for everyone. It's, it's, it's definitely not for everyone. I completely understand that, which is why I don't expect to sell millions of calendars. I just expect to appeal to the breadth of the, the audience who do think the same as me and, and need something like this and enjoy something like this and find something. But getting, I'm getting off point, as always. The reason I was saying, oh, Jesus, that's my alarm. Okay, so the reason, it's like three in the afternoon. <laughs> so the reason I, I kind of brought this up was it, it it always triggers the same argument in my head of where you stand on the line of, of of something which is informative, constructive, and has a theory behind it, and something which is, is seen as, as funny or lighthearted or damaging. You know, there's, there's a wide range of breadth when you check, pick your theme put work out there you are saying a message and that message is part of you and won't be interpreted the same by the entire audience you you always have to think about that and whilst i find these things funny some people don't so when i think of that and i think of the people who won't find it funny and won't find it motivational i have to make sure that those people would also not find it damaging and it's a very fine line to walk and i think i walk it okay I think I do. You know, if I don't, apologies, never intended any harm. This calendar's obviously not for you. It's not intended for you. But obviously you can't market directly to people who just, you know, have a, a sense of self-love. But this is a topic I wanted to discuss for a while. Because there's this whole theory. And it it tracks back really far. The fact that we, how we as a society use humour... So we're the only creatures we know of that use humor uh, with language, humor with um, with things like puns and concept and theology and all these kinds of things. And we take humor and it's a very human invention. It's, it's, it's right there of the thing. It, it requires cognitive thought. You can get humor, you can not get humor. And much like, ah, it's subjective and not subjective. So there's this whole real balance which you kind of walking and treading when you use humor all the time and humor can be just as light as anything it can be a sense of, of of complete novelty but at the same time there's humor which can be extremely dark but it can still be funny and i'm going to be careful here as well because i don't want to be promoting the wrong kind of humor so the first instance of this which jumps to mind when I think of it is the whole idea of propaganda. So to me, humor has always been this double-edged sword where there is no kind of black and white with humor. There's a lot of gray area to humor. And the first time I realized that humor could be used in is kind of like a tool instead of just something which is between you, your friends, and your family, was within propaganda. So you study World War II... Um, and you study all the, the kind of different conflicts during school and you get to see these propaganda and you think about these propaganda and you're thinking, why was humor being used in this way? And to that, at that time, it was humor was a tool to disarm something which was terrifying. It was used to kind of annoy and, and frustrate the enemy. You know, if you think of the German army as ridiculous and silly and something which is not to be taken seriously, then you don't necessarily have to think about the conflict which is happening. And it helps. It helps people who have, have sent their, their children off to war to think of it as, oh, you know, it's just a laugh to do with this. So they don't think about their child suffering. And that is, is, a, is a great tool. It's a coping mechanism, completely a coping mechanism, which we've used to just combat 
this sense of impending fear and humanity uses it all the time we we do it all the time and this is i mean you know my even my calendar take a very serious subject like depression and suicide and all this kind of stuff and i throw humor at it because it it weakens the 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 impending edge of what is there and and propaganda is, is one of these clear examples but with that comes the other side of it so you have propaganda but when you look back through time you can go back even further humor has also been used for for racism and sexism and it's still used for racism and sexism and it has a continuous effect it's one of these things of which kind of sits and and this, this all the discussion goes on right now um i think there was a there was an episode of uh, what was it an episode of top gear i think where they'd made a joke about uh, another country and the country had asked that joke to that joke to be attracted and apologized and they refused to apologize because part of british culture was or is insulting other cultures because we fully expect to be insulted and of course there's always a conflict there of, of one culture and how one culture reacts to another culture blah 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 blah, blah. i'm not going to get into that now but what humor essentially does is allow you a bit of freedom so when you're the the subject of the joke it's also very damaging. I think that makes sense. So, I guess in the way that I don't really have a question. So, I guess the question slash you know thought here is is at what point is the the balance? You know, where where are you sitting on it? Where where does it go past making fun of something, or or, or weakening a target, and become focused on a target? So, a huge conversation happening right now. Um, obviously, women's rights. That's a huge thing. Uh, huge movement going on right now. Within my own city, there is there's plenty going on um, to support and, and encourage women. And that's fantastic. So, obviously, there's always going to be jokes. So, what are the jokes at the expense of? So, feminism at the moment is strong. Getting stronger. Fantastic. And there's a careful line which they're having to walk. And I, I've had this discussion with, with feminist friends of mine. Of they they worry about walking this line because they don't want to be misconstrued, essentially, in the same way that I don't want to be misconstrued. Is that You've kind of, got to, kind of got this thing. So you have your, your, your passion and your subject and, and what you want to get across to the people. And you've got to make sure that when you do that, it doesn't turn and become more of a targeted assault. You can you can lift something up on one side without pushing something else down, but of course there's always going to be things because we're human. This is thing, you know things. So as a, as a as within feminists, within feminists, <laughs> this is a really weird way to word it. Okay, so within feminism, um, you've got kind of got this branch where it's like right. So you know we're raising women up and everything everything's going on. So you need to you need to weaken the enemy, so to speak, which is patriarchy. So making jokes about patriarchy, and that's 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 the way to do it. Because what it does is it one it humanizes the the target. It also makes them weaker in the eyes of the people who are trying to be risen up. So with the same work can be said within racism. You know, with if, with making fun of racists weakens racists because it means they're taken less seriously. They become the butt of the joke. Itch in my head. And that can work double way around. For racists, racists make jokes about ethnicity because they want to make the person who is being made fun of feel like less of a person. And 
there's this kind of twist which you you are always kind of walking where you're really having to to think whether you're encouraging bad behavior by normalizing things and making things like jokes about ethnicity and, and, and feminist issues and gender or whether you're you're doing what you initially initially intended um which is kind of trying to weaken an overall target and i think within social issues the the balance there comes where once that movement has succeeded and that movement becomes the normality so for instance like with racism you know it started initially as a way of demeaning a race within uh, print media and society and then became a way of weakening a target whilst uh, you had kind of equality kind of resurging and and and, and, one, and by the way, I'm not saying they won completely. There is still a huge amount of racism. We're well, just going to slide that in there. But it kind of got to a point where that's, you know, that within our society, people of different colors and races and, and all this kind of thing are, are, are standard. That That's society. And that's the way it should be, in my opinion. But that that's the standard, standard thing. So now they've gotten past that point. So the, the side which was using humor as racism is now just racism. And it can be said exactly the same the other way around. But it's a, it's a complex subject. So essentially, when I approach humor, and when I think about it, what, I always think of it as, where are we in the argument? You know. So whilst I was very young and angsty, and now I'm just old and angsty, <laughs> I experienced the, the Iraq war. The Iraq War was a huge thing when I was a teenager, and all I did was take pot shots at Tony Blair. That's because he's the easiest, biggest target in the fucking world. That's what I did as a teenager because that made sense. He was a target. He was the enemy. He was something which I hated and wanted to to destroy. And so, humor about it. You know, easiest way to do it. He's less scary if he's humor. He's less scary if I make a joke about him. It's less less terrifying that politics was the way it was and you know it's the same way nowadays you know people take shot, pot shots at uh, carbon and they take pot shots at may and it's because they're trying to weaken one another they're trying to make seem, each other seem less intrusive within their lives by and by making light of them and there was there became a point where i was doing this and you know tony blair was no longer in power we'd moved on there was a new prime minister you know i had a new target did i start making jokes about tony blair no, I did not. And that was wrong. That was the point where I should have stopped. Because that was suddenly the normality. The normality was that Tony Blair was a bad person. Still is a bad person. You know, he you, you don't get rid of those things. Same way that Nixon's still a bad person. You don't get rid of the things you did in the past. Actions speak very loudly. So, there's a point where it's, I'm just, I'm beating a dead horse. It's, it became normality. It became very easy. It's like ham-fisted lines about terrorism. Terrorism is a normality within our world because it happens so often and there's so many people who are engaging in it. So making jokes about it just doesn't have an effect anymore. And, and, and trying to figure that out and trying to be mindful of that is very hard, especially within the kind of culture and groups you spread. You know, as I say, I was a teenager. I, was, I didn't know shit. I still don't know shit, but I didn't know shit as a teenager. And that that group you hang around with 
they don't know shit. So everybody's doing it. Everybody's just kind of getting involved and getting on board until one of you just suddenly stops and goes, you know what, this isn't funny anymore. It's not funny because it's the normality. It's got the messages out there. Everybody knows it. Blah, 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 blah. Warmonger, blah, 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 blah. Terrorist, blah, 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 blah. Basically just sat on the lap of Bush for the entire thing. That that becomes the normality and it's not funny anymore. And I find that incredibly interesting. I always find it interesting when people say you can't make jokes about things. And to me, personally, you can make jokes about anything, but it has to be funny. You know, humor helps people deal with things. Humor helps people deal with terrifying subjects. It really does. You know, if you were feeling incredibly depressed and you were feeling suicidal, jokes about suicide can help because it, it it takes the edge off it absolutely just sits there and goes you know what here's a huge terrifying thing which is looming over my head and suddenly you know it's not that scary anymore because we just made a joke about it you know it makes it silly it makes it trivial and i can completely understand from the other side if you have lost someone to suicide then that joke seems like you're an insult to the person you lost and that that is the balance, and that is knowing your audience, and that is knowing who you you are appealing to. And this this is the whole point I kind of make, or try to make with my calendar, is I know my calendar is not for everybody. I'm aware that producing it opens me up to all kinds of of conflict within society, because some people will look at my calendar and go, this is an insult to anybody who is struggling. And some people will look at my calendar and go, no, this really helps because I can relate to it and it makes it less fearful. It makes me less fearful of the situation at hand. So the question, I guess, is to to me and to everybody out there when you make work is, is how much is it worth upsetting those few people to help the larger group. And if, the, if it's the other way around, if you're going to upset more people than you're actually going to help, is it worth it? And that's a real question. That's, that's, that's a strong question. If you, so, you know, I'll give you, give you a hypothetical example. If you've got a group of people who are subjugated and feeling like they're not being heard, and the only way to help those people will be to upset the majority, should you still do it? That's that's a real question. I, I, I kind of want to know what you guys think. I mean, my view for next year is in 2019 on my calendar um, is is to do more artwork, and a lot of my artwork pokes the bear, so to speak. You know, it it's not meant to be liked by everybody. If anything, it's meant to annoy you. That's <laughs> the goal of a lot of my work is simply just to to get your attention. And, and to make you think, and if the way I make you think is by upsetting you, then that's, the, that's what I'm going to do. So, yeah. It's all very interesting. And I can't, I can't talk about it fully extending, I guess. Maybe I should interview comedians. Figure out what they want to do. But what do you guys think? Is there a limit on humor? I genuinely don't think there is. I think you have to be in the same way that you have to be able to talk about everything. You have to be able to make jokes about anything because it helps so many people cope and it outweighs the upset. I'll talk to you guys.